And that was the exciting promo to Arrow. Uh, my name is Chris, and joining me as always is Jeremiah. And you're listening to What to Watch Podcast, episode 23, we discovered. Yes, 23. This part of the show. So We had to think about it, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, how have you been, Jeremiah, since the Cardinals got whooped on by the Giants there? <sighs> I know. It's so sad. Well... I want to be a good sport about it and say mm-hmm. that congratulations to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, mm-hmm. We are not poor sports here, men. Here uh, they uh, they pulled off the great miracle by winning seven straight, which is very phenomenal if you think about it. It kind of uh, the the funny part about the series, right? it doesn't happen very often. And I think what's kind of ironic is that two of the two of the things that happened here reminded me so similar of recent World Series appearances by the Cardinals. One of them being what the Giants did, because if a lot of you that remember the 2004 World Series, that included the first win, World Series win, for the Red Sox in like 80 million years or whatever it had been. Yeah. In 2004, Welcome. the Red Sox, right, the Red Sox were down three games to one to the Yankees and came back and won three straight against the Yankees, which no one thought they would ever do. So they win three straight against the Yankees, and what do they do to the Cardinals? They turn around and sweep the four Cardinals straight. in four. So that part of it reminded me what the Giants did to us this year, reminded me what happened with the Red Sox in 2004. Mm. And then as far as, with you look at the Tigers, when everybody assumed the Tigers were so dominant when it comes to their pitching and hitting, everybody assumed that whichever team prevailed in the National League, whether it was the Cardinals or the Giants, that with those, those two teams would probably get their brains beat in by the Tigers. Well, yeah. unfortunately... <clears throat> A lot of people thought the Tigers were going to easily beat the Cardinals in 2006, but the Cardinals came, the Tigers came out very flat. A lot of people say they just you could tell they were not prepared to play because they had such a long period of time off and this year was almost identical, but all they were yeah. really came out flat this time. They didn't even win one game in the World no. Series. So there was a lot of similarities there, but congratulations to the Giants and um Maybe next year, I think uh, the Cardinals are going to have a good team, I think, for a while. So how yeah, about you? Were you um, you depressed about the whole thing? <laughs> I was not depressed. I was, you know, like when the Cardinals started like started so strong mm-hmm. in that series, I was like, oh, wow, we could at least see a World Series appearance. You know, sure. I wasn't quite sure. But sure. then the wheels fall off. And I, I think it, so. Yeah, I know. I think it's fair. I think basically what you're saying, when we went up three games to one, I think yeah. I was feeling the same thing. We're going to the World Series. Yep. And and that's obviously it's a huge disappointment when that when that happens because it doesn't happen very often, a team to win three straight like that to to pull out the, the big um, victory. But 
Who was happens? the Cardinals player that won the Golden Glove this year? Oh, Yadier Molina won another yes. Gold Glove. So. His fifth straight, actually. Mm-hmm. He is so, uh, he's a stud he's behind the plate. Yeah, he's he's good. So, so that's yeah, congratulations co- to him, huh? Yes. Um, in other big news, uh, Disney bought out Lucasfilms. Yes, huge news. Huge. Took everyone off guard. Everyone's like, is this a Halloween joke? I mean, I didn't believe it either uh, until I started because it was just like a press release. I'm like, well, that could be faked. But then when I saw the YouTube video, I was like, okay, this is real. This is actually (laughs) happening. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I I have to admit, I was a bit surprised. Um, I guess guess what I was surprised about is I – I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, everybody wants to retire, but it was just kind of interesting that his decision, since he decided he didn't want to retire, that I'll just sell the whole darn thing to Disney. I just was a little surprised by that. And I was, it, you know, Lucas and them have had a relationship together with different things, mm-hmm. and uh, there's Star Wars rides in, in, in the right, Disney and parks and Lucas, things like that. Lucas uh, worked on the Captain EO ride, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, so... So there's you know, a relationship they, there, you know? And... Which, you know, I have to say, as much as Star Wars is kind of prevalent, I think there's a limit to how much you can do without the muscle of some other company like Disney behind it. Because um, mm-hmm. I remember hearing stories about Pixar um, when they were just being distributed by Disney. They were their own entity. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of got a little fed up with them. But they're like, well, where, where are we going to go? You know, it's mm-hmm. Disney. Who can do better than Disney for us? You know? So they True. stuck it out, and then they got bought out by them. So mm-hmm. it, and they've been fine ever things. since. They've been fine. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I could think of it being a bad scenario is just the licensing gets tighter. You don't see as much, mm-hmm. maybe because I know Dark Horse is going to be losing their comic license in the near future, mm-hmm. going to Marvel, considering Disney owns Marvel now. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true, yeah. Mm-hmm. You will see... Uh, Maybe the figure, you know, the action figures may be narrowing down or the items, that kind of stuff. But really, I mean, I never thought I'd live to see episode seven. That <laughs> that wipes me out. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very curious to see uh, what is your feeling as far as the film franchise part of it? Because well, I think that's probably the big wonder or concern or thoughts that, that a lot of the Star Wars fans out there have. How do you feel about this? Because I have some strong opinions about that part well, of it myself. So I read an interview with Mark Hamill months ago that him and Carrie Fisher met with Lucas, and he couldn't really discuss why they met. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, are they going to be either voices or make just brief cameos mm-hmm. in the continuing saga? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be like James Bond where they just recast everyone and those are the new characters. You know, those are mm-hmm. there that's still Luke Skywalker, but he's cast as someone else. That's still Princess Leia, and they just recast, kind of like Bond does. So right. it'll be interesting to see which route they take. Oh, I'm very fascinated to see which route they take. Uh now this is well, years ago this would have been a very unpopular thing for me to say. But I think as far as the film franchise are concerned. I think this could be actually a very good thing that Disney's taken over. And this is going to upset a few people out there, but I think George Lucas just doesn't have it anymore. As as a director, as a screenwriter, 
and all that stuff. He, I just think he doesn't have any more. I mean, to me, if you go back and look at episodes one and two especially, one was I thought was terrible, and two was mediocre at best, and three was, was probably the best, I thought, of the three, but they just weren't that great. And I just – I put on the fact that I don't know if just because I think George sat around for so long he had too much time to think about it and I think also too is the man here's what the man was always brilliant at really more than anything and that was being a visionary when it comes to film and and special effects and sound and all those things that he's brought to us that we will always forever thank him along with giving us Star Wars and to me that's the most thing that he, I think he was so caught up in the visual part of Star Wars episodes one through three, knowing that he could finally do all those special effects the way he wanted to do them, that he lost the idea of story and creativity or character building because most of the characters in the first in the prequels I could hardly care less about them because they just weren't they didn't grasp me like the Luke's and, and the Han Solo did from the first story. I mean I generally cared immediately about those characters right away because they, they he just did so much farther better job back then and I think he just lost it when he did it so I'm excited to see what Disney with all the money and the power and all this stuff they have they could really go after Chris some very young talented writers and directors and producers and stuff to really put to maybe something really special together for the continuing saga yeah the thing is is like the prequels did what it was supposed to do. It got young kids interested in Star Wars. You're right. You're and right. Disney in all fairness, does that right. again because that's what you do. You get them young and you get them for life kind of thing. And so are, if you're looking for something dark and – I mean you even saw it by Return of the Jedi. It was you know quite a watered down compared to the darkness of like Empire or something. It's true. So if Disney goes, let's go for that younger audience it's going to be the same scenario and i really don't think they have they feel that the 30 year olds are enough of an audience and enough of a buying power for them to target it towards us so i think yeah. it's either going to be quite lighthearted or it's just not going to be as gritty as some people want you know it's not going to be the dark night so you're saying i'm going to be very disappointed with the continuing uh, saga no they did very i think Avengers? Why couldn't they give it over to, to a, a hardcore fan like a J.J. Abrams or something? He could do a well, wonders with this story. Those kind not turn out so well. But, I mean, like, Avengers was probably the most comic booky of all those prior movies. You know, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk. And Avengers was probably the most kind of goofy, you know, silly comic book version of it. And it yes. still worked great, and I still enjoyed it. And it was the most lighthearted, it, you know. It didn't really do much, you know, it wasn't that dark or anything, so they can play it up like that. Yeah. And I think and, it'll do very well. And Avengers, that was done by uh, Josh, um, what's his last name? Um, I can't think of the guy, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And his name's been thrown around, too, as whether or not maybe they'll get him to do the next Star Wars uh, But movie. he's got a movie coming out in 2015, Avengers 2, he doesn't have time, so... <laughs> Good point. No, the reason why I mentioned J.J. Abrams is because I thought what he did with Star Trek was really, really good. And I know for a fact that J.J., who I think is a pretty brilliant, you know, I think is a pretty talented young man. In He's very movie hit or business. miss with me. But okay, in movies, he and that's does fairness. Good, but TV, oh. Yeah, he can't be hit or miss, I suppose. I mean, Bad Robot has had some great successes and they've had some poor ones. 
But at least he, he's always trying to do something creative and something a little bit different. So I really appreciate that. And I also think that knowing that the the guy is he's a lot a lot like us, Chris is meaning that he he's in his thirties. Uh, he's uh, he grew up watching Star Wars, and he's a diehard Star Wars fan. He always throws in Star Wars references and all his stuff, most a lot of times. So if you told him, "Hey, we're going to let you do the next saga," you're right. It could be a a big hit, or it could be a total flop. But I would like to see yeah. what. What I'm saying is, is I still will have more trust in him than unfortunately, and I hate to say this, it breaks my heart, than I do in George Lucas because I think George just has. Uh, I just don't know if he's got it Here, anymore here's what i think happened to george is he is still as talented and creative as he is but by sure, the time the creative, prequels yeah. came out he had surrounded himself with so many yes men that mm. he couldn't sharpen that story because mm. everyone was like oh that's great we love it it's, you know that's they're true. just gonna agree with him that's true Whereas, i'm sure nobody think, was i'm sure yeah, nobody no, in the room was saying no george i don't gonna, think that works <laughs> yeah they're gonna say eh, i don't really like that character why, why don't we try this or that but i'm sure star wars empire you know he was bouncing ideas off everyone. They were saying, no, that's stupid. Let's do this. How sure. about we try that? Yeah, and you're right. And refined his story. Right. And I think that's what happened with the prequels is he just had so many yes men that would be, mm-hmm. you know, just like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Let's go with that. Let's run with this first idea you had. You know, it just didn't get refined. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I think you're, I think you hit hit it right on the head there. That's that's probably exactly how it went down, and I have to admit, you know, if if me and you were working on the product part of the production, and you, even if I was George's right hand man or he's you know assistant director or something, and he came to me and says, "What do you think about that?" Probably in nineteen eighty nine or eighty seven or ninety seven. I mean, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, George, that looks great, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> I probably would be terrified to say, "George, that sucks." Yeah, <laughs> I probably would have probably wouldn't have had the heart to tell him that because that was. That was his baby. I'm sure he, from what I understand about him, he dreamt for many years to when he could have the opportunity to, to finish the story and go right. back and do the oh. prequel. So um, there was a reason why he called the first movie episode four because he knew eventually he would want to go back to do one, two, and three. Right. Now, that's just it. Like, is seven, eight, nine going to be like the original idea he had where it's like you're following Vader's clone and I think – obi-wan's clone is in there i don't and know all that kind of stuff i think that was the original original ideas but like or are you gonna go with like the timothy timothy zahn uh books which he has basically said yes this is you know basically canon i'll i'll, I'll bless this and say that's what this happened after jedi or are you going a new route so it'll be interesting what route he takes the fact that he's talking to some of the original actors is very interesting it is, but I, I, you know, they, at the age they are today, it's not like they're going to, I don't know how they, unless well, they're going to play a later, I, mean, than, I don't know. That's, that's just question. it. I mean, you know, um, Alec Guinness is not as old as uh, Mark Hamill is currently, but he's still pretty old. So they could really, fa- you know, flash forward this. Because I had heard years ago, Lucas said the only characters that will survive all three, all nine films are the droids because they're pretty much immortal. Everyone else is going to die at one point. So, so R2 and C-3PO for sure will be in all the movies that you're talking Probably. About. I mean, Anthony <laughs> Daniels will be clutching onto 3PO's leg into the grave. They better much. get those recordings in right now. Yeah. <laughs> Give them the scripts now and let them start thinking, getting that down. But one of the cool things, and I had, I listened to the Force cast, and I have to agree, they're talking about, like, the parks. Well, there's so many agreements. Like, we, we can't have... 
Thor meet and greets or we can't have the characters walking around Walt mm-hmm. Disney World because of their agreement with Universal for now. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't apply to certain things like they can they're building a new Disneyland world, whatever, in Shanghai. They mm-hmm. can totally do Marvel stuff there. They can do Marvel rides, Marvel characters, doesn't matter. And so I think that's where you're first gonna see expansion of Star Wars and Disney Parks is in Shanghai. Yeah. And because they're totally they can just they have a blank slate and they can just start building from scratch. I have to admit, I am very excited about what could possibly be we could see because I'm sure that Disney is looking at what um, Universal is doing with the Harry Potter theme park. They just Universal today announced Transformers are coming to their park. Okay, see that's exciting. So if from the from the little bit I heard about George talking with some of the Disney people and stuff on some of the videos I saw, it does sound like this is a direction that we, we could be looking. We could can maybe at some point see eventually a whole section of a park dedicated to the world of Jedis. I mean, this could be really fantastic. I mean, we could maybe, maybe they could, we could walk into a scene of Tatooine or something. I mean, that would be, I mean, Um, us Star Wars fans would love to be able to walk like we're walking on the planet or something. That would be fantastic. I will say this. If they're going to build more Star Wars themed, whatever, it'll have to be at Disney Hollywood Studios because People who go to Disney the Magic Kingdom do not want to see anything that is not Disney. They hate that idea. They hate that they sell merchandise of other companies like Marvel characters or anyone else. They cannot stand it. When you go to Disney World, the Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. you want to see Disney stuff. You don't want to see anyone else's property. You know, uh, you don't want to see Muppets. You don't want to see the Marvel characters. You don't want to – some go as far as not wanting to see Pixar characters. So – You're right. It's a different atmosphere than what it's like at Universal. So if they are planning on doing something special, it'll be interesting to see how they work that out because you're right. When you walk into usually a Disney park, it's about Disney. And you're right. It's about nothing else but Disney. But Disney, you know, they have to think about their future. That's just it. That's why I think their their studios, because they have four, they have the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, which they're putting Avatar in there, and I still don't understand that one. Uh, and then the used to be MGM Studios, now it's just Disney Studios. And I think that's where you're going to see the Marvel stuff. That's where you're going to see, because they already have the Pixar stuff in there, and they have the Muppet stuff in there. Right. And that's where Star Tours is. That's where the Star so. Tours is at now. And that, mm-hmm. and I think that is the, that's the park where you're right. If I was them... That's the park where you shoot for when it comes to these things. I mean, you bought all this stuff for a reason. You know, you you're you're buying up rights to Marvels. You're buying up now. You're buying up Star Wars. You're doing this for a reason, and you might as well take advantage of that. And if you got a park that's designated for that kinds of stuff, trust me, people will come. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will come if you have a big section of this park designated to a whole Star Wars world where I could walk in just like I did when I went to the Harry Potter thing, where I was able to walk into there and feel like I really was in part of the book. And for Mm -hmm. me, that was just amazing. And I know that Star Wars fans would feel the same way if you had done, if you did something that was for Star Wars. Definitely. So we'll see what happens. That's, Um, you know, don't get, you know, not get too far into it, but I agree that, that that's exactly what I could see them doing. Um, do you think now that Disney has all the rights, even though um, 
Lucas to get like a, he's now a chair on the Disney board and stuff. Kind of like when sure. um, John Lasseter and stuff got bought out. But mm-hmm. do you think this will be finally as like people say goodwill, but they don't really need goodwill towards fans. The fans will buy something or not and release the theatrical original releases like on Blu-ray, like the original three films. I sure hope so, but I don't know if see. I don't know if there was some kind. When we didn't, we didn't, you don't get to look at all the paperwork that was signed over when he sold this thing. I don't know if there was some kind of clause, and you say, "Oh, and by the way, I'll do this deal as long as you guys have in writing that you will never release the original." Yeah, again. it's like because remember he was so surfaced. deadhead about that. I mean, he was like, "We'll never see this again." <laughs> yeah, it, it's like that, and the holiday special will remain buried forever. Um, exactly and i don't know if i don't still need george to explain that to me because i don't think i really get it completely (laughs) but i I mean uh, but yeah that's a fantastic question i don't know if disney thinks they if it's not in the clause there's no clause somewhere about this you can't veto it i think disney will see dollar signs and do it if they think there's dollar signs they'll do it but I'm almost at the point now, Chris, where I don't I don't know if there's dollar signs. I don't know about you. I'm getting kind of tired of buying yeah. Star Wars DVDs. I've got all these different versions downstairs in my in my basement. I don't know how many more I need to buy. But <laughs> also, could this Blu-rays. mean that you would see Star Wars go back into the Disney vault? You know, it's Ooh, like, good point. I offer this anymore. Now that I could see, where they're it's only available to buy every so many years. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. see that. And George well, would probably like that idea, I bet. He'd probably be on team. board for that. <laughs> well, uh, we've gone on quite a bit about Star Wars, but it is a big part of film, and it's it is, a big part of, of... It was a big deal. I mean, those are it two is a major big deal companies. In entertainment, absolutely. It is a two huge, major big entertainment. deal. Well, before we move on to how you thought about Arrow, I did want to quickly let people know I saw a couple of big, big movies that came out here in the last few weeks. That's right. Uh, so I'll do a quick review. One of them was Looper. And a looper, of course, for those of you who don't know, it's a it's a little sci-fi f- uh, fiction a film about time, mostly about time travel. It's basically about well, it has a lot to do with time travel, but essentially, it's these uh, these guys that are are basically hitmen for the mob. That uh, the mob is actually being controlled uh, way in the future, and these guys are in the past, thirty thirty years in the past, and basically they send these guys back to. Sh- to kill people that they want to have killed and have their bodies disposed 30 years before and no one would be able to find out who they are. And it just spirals in this fantastic story because um, the main character, which is is played by Joseph uh, Levitt, he, he, uh, his older self basically gets sent back to where he has to kill himself. And it brings in this long story. I don't want to go too much involved in it, but I, I personally really enjoyed it. My wife went with me. She mm-hmm. was not a huge fan of it, but it's definitely not her type of movie. This is kind of more if if you're the kind of guy who enjoys movies like Matrix and things like that, and especially if you really like the whole aspect of time travel. So like those kind of scenarios where this one moment spirals everything, you know what I mean, where it continues to keep being the same way over and over again unless something changes. If you love those kind of mind-twisting, you know, uh, storylines, you know, you're probably going to really enjoy this, but... If that's not your thing, you're probably not. For me, I, I gave it like three and a half stars. Almost considered giving it four stars. Uh, there's a few things I probably would have changed, but now, I really enjoyed the movie myself. Um, is this because there's two Bruce Willis's? There's I'm just doing this for the paycheck, Bruce Willis, and then the 
I'm acting. I enjoy this. I hear you. Film, no, Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis. Bruce Willis came to play for this. Okay, one. you really will enjoy him. I I could tell he was really into this th- this thing. Uh, from the what I had heard, he was really into the script. Uh, this was not one where he got the big big bucks for. I mean, you know, he got paid decent money for. It, but this was a, a little bit more of a smaller budget for the most part. And I I know he didn't get paid the kind of money he does for the Die Hard movies. And for this, from what I understand, from what I've heard from him, he did this because he read the script and loved it. Now, I, I have seen the trailer for Live Free, Die Hard, and man, it's made can want to see it. I, I will go I and see it. After, I'm, after I'm a sucker. If it's John McClane, I'll go, I'll, I'm a sucker. I will go and see it. I've seen every single one of them in the theater. Why would I stop now? And I usually watch one of them every Christmas. Yep. It's my favorite Christmas movie. Christmas movies. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yes, Looper, three and a half stars for me. Uh, I do think it's worth seeing if you're that kind of a sci-fi fan. Uh, if you're not, you might want to avoid it or wait till it comes on DVD. Um, and in the other movie that I saw was uh, Cloud Atlas, which stars uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Haley ba- Berry. Uh, let's see, who else is on the, there's There's quite a few people yes. in it. Uh, but anyway, it's a very... It was a very interesting movie. First thing I will warn people is it is two two hours and fifty two minutes. It, and, it did have that kind of smell of Avatar when I look at the trailers. I'm like, that's oh, going to be a long movie. Yes, it, it is a long movie. Yes, I don't know. I don't think you definitely don't want to compare it to Avatar because Avatar no, is a whole different just kind like, of movie. That looks like it's going to be one of those epic long movies. Yes, you have to remember the movie. I don't want to spoil too much, but. It's one of those movies where it's themed around those kind of the kind of concept about love and life and how our lives can kind of connect to each other. I think they were kind of going with to me it seemed like it definitely was, there was kind of a reincarnation kind of thing involved in it as well. Uh and, and it takes place where you have all these different storylines spreading across thousands of years, right? And so you have these different storylines and Theoretically, they're, they kind of interconnect with each other in a way, but um, I, it's one of those kind of things where I know for sure I'm going to have to go back and watch it again because I know there's definitely some things I missed. And I think the only problem a lot of people can have with it is that there's some of the stories are really compelling and interesting and funny, and you kind of really into them, and then it moves away from that story and goes to the other one, and then so on and so forth. And you, the problem is is that I think there's like at least six different storylines, if I remember right, maybe five or six. And there's a few of them that you're going to love, and there's a few of them that you're going to be like, ah, come on, is this over with yet? I really don't care about these Go back to the one I like. Go back to the one I like. Right, so unfortunately you have those parts of it. I think the problem is there's so much going on in the movie that I think it's going to only appeal to a very small majority of people. I don't see this movie making a lot of of money, and I... and for my suggestion for people is I think it might be best to wait and see this movie when it comes out on DVD. Definitely sounds like a DVD movie it's a where DVD it's like movie is what I'm saying. when it starts to drag, I can get up, get a drink, you know, pop some popcorn, come back, mm-hmm. you know, watch the rest, pause it if I need to. Mm-hmm. I think that's – yeah, exactly. Now, I will tell you, if you ask my wife, she will tell you it was fantastic and totally worth the money. So I – I think it just depends on, you know, is this the kind of storyline that you, you're going to be comfortable with and seeing and, and you really enjoy it? I mean, Tom Hanks was fantastic as usual. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he's always 
he's always very good at even the movies that I thought were stinkers of his. You know, he was still always good, and he was great in this. Seeing him play all these different characters, even though he's not the only one that's doing that, you know, he always shines for me because he's just so good at what he does. But everybody that did this, I mean, just about everybody played at least five or six different characters, which was great. So, uh, you know, there was definitely some good parts of it. But I, for me, you know, I've kind of fallen into around the three-star kind of category, yeah. um, somewhere between two and a half, three stars. I'll be fair and give it three stars because I did sort of enjoy it. But I think that I'm going to be in the minority in that category. I see a lot of people yeah. probably only – not rating as high as I did just there. I, I just I don't know if it's going to do very well because I think they were just trying to do too much in this movie, and it I think a lot of people ambitious. were going to get lost. It, it, very ambitious. Thank you, Chris. That's the perfect way to describe it. It was a very ambitious film, and I think they just too much. But um, hey, check it out when it comes on DVD. That way you don't waste too Where much I plan money. To. Get it at Redbox for a dollar twenty or whatever it is now, and uh, save yourself uh, fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars, depending on how much it costs to see a movie wherever you're at in the world. <laughs> right, or so if you my... can because of the hurricane. So. Or yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well, uh, Chris, I can't wait to hear. What did you think about Arrow? Oh, well, at first when I heard the CW is going to make Arrow, I was like, oh, that character because I had seen a couple episodes of Smallville, and I just didn't care for their version of him. You know, I didn't like the actor. I didn't kind of like how he was set up. I was can, like, "Oh, great!" Can you briefly can you briefly describe the character? Because I will admit, I am completely was a lot close. younger. He was, you know, kind of the billionaire playboy. You know, he was as close to Batman as they could put in the Smallville show. Okay, you know, so he, he comes like, from the Smallville show. He's like, Okay. Part Iron Man because he had this big techie company that, you know, he used all their tech and he had like a watchtower type situation where he had like a home base and all that kind of stuff. So this and wasn't a comic character or, or novel was, character at first? but they had kind of okay. changed him. Uh, the Green Arrow in the comics started as a very kind of like activist kind of guy. He was a political guy because he didn't have superpowers. He was like – you know, for civil rights, he was for the environment, he, you know, like the down to earth stuff. He always, you know, hated that the Justice League would be in a satellite over the earth. You know, mm -hmm. he was like, you got to be here with the people. You don't get that, you know. So he was always kind of like the, the human, you know, side of it. And mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. but they didn't really take that side, but that's how he started. But, you know, they've taken Oliver Queen, they take the part, and I like how, it's funny, when I watched it, I was like, is this Tarzan or Green Arrow? Because some of that just felt like this was out of Tarzan or something. He gets rescued on this island, and he was, he's been lost for years. And, mm -hmm. uh, and he, he has a mysterious footlocker that does stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's that's a very good point. I was wondering that too. Well, I just the reason why I asked because I will admit I was a little bit clueless about, of anything, even the original comic character. I'm I <laughs> never read. You, the, so the comic was called Green Arrow. Yes. Okay. It's still yeah, I've right. never. Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I'm just not familiar with it. So I kind of really went into the show really blind, completely. So. Uh, so comparing to what you knew about it then, so I mean, how, what did you think what they did with the character? So you're, you um, weren't real thrilled liked, about it? No, I liked that it was a different actor. He was a little more aged, mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that. Uh, I liked that they made nods to the comic books, like calling his sister Speedy. That was Green Arrow's sidekick. 
Um, I liked that they're incorporating some of the characters like Black Canary and and um, Dead. Uh, is it not Deadpool? Somebody Deathstroke or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that. Like you saw that mask with the domino look to it, and that was a a bad guy mask. And you know, it's like okay, he has like this agenda because he's like crossing names off lists, and I'm like. It's kind of it's starting to intrigue me. Not only is it like okay, it's getting some nods to comic, which I like, and but it and it's not kind of like goofy, you know. Like, I mean, it is a little goofy, you know. Any kind of superhero movie is going to be silly, to some extent, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it wasn't as silly and it wasn't. It didn't feel like a CW show to me. It felt like TNT or a TBS, you know. Like, um, oh, what's that Nola Wiley? show that steven spielberg does Falling skies yeah it felt like it should be it it was done by those guys or something you know i did it's i liked the production too qualities. yeah like the the quality level had been raised so i'm like i don't even feel like i'm watching cw here i agree and that was a concern when i when we first talked about watching the show mm-hmm. and then i realized it was on cw i have to admit my expectations were very low <laughs> lowered immediately as soon as i heard it was gonna be on the cw yeah. i was like Oh, really? Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. The production, I thought, was much better than I ex- would ever expect. It surprised expected. me. I, I, uh, and I liked the young man uh, who was playing him, uh, Stephen Amell. I, I, I'm not familiar with his work. But he, he has one of those faces where immediately, as soon as I saw him, I thought I knew who he was. And then I'm the like, I'm elementary. Looking... I was like, I know that guy somehow. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. It was just like the guy in elementary. I felt the same way. But then I'm like looking through the list of some of the stuff he's been in, and none of them are stuff that I, I watch. Like, you know, he was in Private, private Practice, Heartland, um, um, Hung, you know, he's and he's been a few episodes, one here, one there, some other stuff. I'm not seeing anything on his list that go, oh, oh yeah, I love that. That That's where I've seen him mm-hmm. from. So he must just have one of those faces, I guess. Yeah. He could. <laughs> but the cast was actually pretty good, I thought. I liked it. Yeah, I I will say this. I thought the cast and their act, like their characters, how they're written, was better than Revolution. I didn't want to punch any of them. So. <laughs> yeah, I know you weren't a huge fan about the oh. cast. And I actually, if I remember, I, we both kind of poo-pooed on the cast yes. for Revolution because I was in the same boat as you. None of them... And I don't know if it was just the cast or maybe it was just the way the characters were written. I, none of them the were written. I think it was the way they were written, to be honest with you. I think the yeah. actors themselves are fine. Uh, but I, yeah, Miles was the only one along with the bad guys, and I can't think of the name, the colonel or whatever his name was. Yeah. Those are the, the only ones that I really enjoyed. So the bad guys mm-hmm. and then the one guy who actually was sort of, he is sort of a bad guy in a way. So <laughs> uh, that's the only ones that really dragged me. You're right. So these characters they got a good start here with them. I was a little more intrigued with them, with with them as that they compare to the Revolution characters. Yeah, I like the sister of the lady that drowned. You know, like oh yes, right. He was dating. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I liked the sister of the Green Arrow character. You know, Oliver's mm-hmm. sister. Very uh, attractive young ladies. I don't yeah. know who they all are, but they were very attractive. Now the sure. police chief guy. You know, they yeah. all his little cast of characters with him seem so so far so good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i agree i have still unfortunately i have only seen the pilot i was going to watch some of the other ones it just haven't i'm well, getting behind on, on some stuff the, um the cw app i believe has a bunch a couple of them out oh fantastic that's a good tip i did not i was not aware of that 
So oh, I just do everything on my iPad now. It's like, why do I bother having a TV? But no. All you need is an iPad in the world, yep. right? <laughs> all you need is something that will stream in all your favorite shows. There you go. Uh, have we heard anything as far as how the show is doing? I meant to check um, that before we start recording, but I have... I think on CW level, which is kind of bad to say, but on their no, kind of rating level scale, it's doing quite well. I haven't heard if it's been picked up for a full season. That's the only thing I, I wanted to look, but I forgot to look to see if it had been, or, you know, full season been ordered. Yeah, I haven't heard that neither. Uh, I did hear about Revolution getting picked up for a full season. Elementary got picked up. Yes. I and heard Vegas that too. got picked up. Vegas. And if I remember right, I think we all, I think we agreed that those shows probably would get picked up, didn't we? Yes, I'm still watching Elementary. I've kind of dropped the other two. But uh, you're not watching that. Vegas anymore. It it just got too cliche almost. Although okay. again, I love the actors, and it's definitely something when season one comes on Netflix or whatever, I'm gonna rewatch it. Okay. Because I liked the premise so much. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the premise is there, the actors are there. If they can just get the storylines going, then you know maybe I have to get through a couple episodes for the story to really kick in. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Well, I, I – uh, yeah, I'm still occasionally – I'm watching – trying to keep up with the elementary. I do like that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you I was not going to watch Vegas. And right. yes, of course, I'm still watching Revolution. And I think we also discussed this last time we were on. I am still watching Go On. I'm enjoying that. Oh, me, me too. My wife both me are too. enjoying that. And I know your wife is huh? watching as well. Yes. So that's I love uh, that creepy surprised. bearded guy. The creepy bearded guy. I can never get enough of him. <laughs> He's fantastic. Oh. But actually, when they're in a group together doing something, it's you know that you're going to have oh, yeah. some comedy gold there. So yeah, that's been very they're pleasant. Amazing. So I think overall we've we we've definitely have covered this some year's pretty good been shows. a lot better than last year's premieres. I agree. I think we Overall. have seen a much better. Uh, stuff this year i agree with you on that so arrow i would probably i'm i have to admit i i hate i can't believe i'm saying this for a cw show but out of five stars i at least give it three i think it's very very watchable myself you know it's definitely an action show it's probably not something a lot of girls gonna get into uh it's probably more drawn towards guys at all there is some cute guys so for you ladies are listening there's uh this Especially the gay Steven that plays the main character. Yeah. He's got his shirt off a lot in this thing, and this guy's got abs like there's no tomorrow. So, you know, it's got something for the guys, it's or, and it's got something for the for the girls as well. So as long as you're a, a, a lady who enjoys so watching a little action, mm-hmm. and especially when it's being performed by a hot guy, hey, might be your thing. Uh, but it definitely has a, a, quite a bit of action, and uh, I always like the... When I was a kid, one of my favorite comic book characters was the Punisher, and it wasn't one of the reasons why is because one, I always loved the idea about the vigilante, you know, the guy who is breaking the law to take out people who are wronging the world, whether they're killing people or whatever. So I love the vigilante aspect of it, right? And especially yeah. the fact that he's a vigilante who's a normal guy. He doesn't have any superpowers. He just really knows how to kick people's butt and has a lot of cool toys, you know. And I, I like that aspect of it. So. Uh, there's definitely something to it. I mean, you, you take away some of the faults they have on the show, but I think that the the good stuff really outweigh uh, does over that overshadows that. And I think uh, I think most people that are into action type shows would probably enjoy this one. Yeah, I'll probably give it a three point five just because I'm a little more of a comic fan. And also, um, one thing I was worried about because like the comic book, especially early on, you know, Green Arrow had like 
trick arrows, you know, a boxing glove arrow or a handcuff arrow. So I'm like, what mm-hmm. are they going to do? And I have to say the fight scenes turned out very well. I liked them. So Good. I'm not Good. sure they would believable because he's like, you know, doing an amazing shot as he like dives through a window. But still, it was done well. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, hopefully, maybe it will get picked up for a full season. Yes. We'll see. So on to our featured series. There are two kinds of folks who sit around thinking about how to kill people. Psychopaths and mystery writers. I'm the kind that pays better. Who am I? Castle. No hassle, Castle. Castle. What? Every writer needs inspiration, and I've found mine. Detective Kate Beckett, homicide. Beckett. 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 Where's Beckett? And thanks to my friendship with the mayor, I get to be on her case. Do I look like a killer to you? Yes, you kill my patients. And together we catch killers. That was amazing. Let's go. The biggest, most thrilling game on television is also the most grueling. Rob, can you hear me? Russ? Russ, are you with us? For 24 seasons, castaways have been pitted against the elephant. Faced off versus wildlife. And have been taken to the edge of their own limits. Oh! He's burned pretty bad. Oh my god! The infection that goes into your bloodstream is potentially fatal. Uh, Some have paid the ultimate price. Hold from the game with one question in their hearts. What could have been? Next season, three castaways who were airlifted out will be given a second shot. They'll join three tribes of new players in one of our most treacherous locations yet, the Philippines. Here, thousands of islands scattered over the Southeast Asian Sea hide a dark and sinister secret. The waters are teeming with ravenous sharks, and the land provides no refuge. Deadly snakes rule the jungles, and the furious storms can break even the strongest of spirits. This time, will the veterans survive the elements and the vote in order to claim the million-dollar prize? Or will a new castaway emerge as the sole survivor? Find out this fall on Survivor, the Philippines. All right. Well, I'll let Jeff go on because he can talk more about this show than I can. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go first? Well, you saw quite a bit of stuff after the last few episodes. You you saw one of those returning players go under, right? He was voted out. Um, And I think that's that's the key part to the show is if you can get into the drama and – the character you got to bond quickly with these characters because mm-hmm. if you don't then you don't care if they get voted off or you mm-hmm. don't care if they backstab someone so you have to like you have to have a mindset of just jumping in and saying okay i like this person i like that person i'm going to go with this person i hate this person and then you have to ride those consequences out i mean if the person you like i really like this person and then all of a sudden three episodes later it turns out to be the the meanest, most jerkiest <laughs> guy on the island, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, well, oh, well, you know, you have to, you have to invest very quickly into these, ca- into these people. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, it's, uh, you know, there's been so many seasons where, um, you know, like with the outcome wind up being people I just really wasn't excited about or liked. And it was hard to finish those seasons sometimes. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, it was, it was just something there kind of, you know, missing because it wasn't something for me to root for, kind of what you were saying. Mm. And I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yes. You know, if that's just it, you know, if you're watching, you may love baseball, but if you're watching two teams you don't care about, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, good point. 
That's a great, really good point. Absolutely. I thought another thing that was kind of ironic that you had seen here recently in the in these last few episodes you watched was uh, somebody actually did leave the game. Now they weren't a medevac. They weren't. They basically weren't leaving because they left on their own terms. Mostly because medical said, "Well, yeah, you're bad. You're in bad shape. But not, yeah, you're borderline. Let's give you another twelve hours." And that person's like, "No, I've had enough. I want to be. I want to be. I, I want out." And you know, it's funny because hardcore fans, they are constantly, constantly complaining about the fact that um, people quit on the show. And to oh, they them, don't like seeing that, huh? They don't know. Us hardcore fans, we really hate seeing that. I mean, I, I know I oh, do too. Now, I will say. A badge of dishonor. Would you like, if you were at one of those big autograph sessions, we'd be like, just pass that person's table. Like, yeah. I don't even want to talk to you. They don't, I wouldn't, we don't even want them to show up. <laughs> Why are you even here? You right, exactly. I mean, most people still remember the day the first time a player quit. And um, it Especially was just... they had them in their fantasy league. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. It's true. If you have them in your fantasy league and you had them pick the win and, and they quit, you're like, God, but I killed this guy. But um, it, it's just, it's it, in, Survivor, in the Survivor world, it is really downplayed i mean it's really looked uh down upon because we you're dead to us essentially and in this case though i tell you what a lot of some survivor fans would be mad at me for saying this but after hearing her interviews and stuff it sounded like the girl had been not feeling well for almost most of the time she had been on there and for those last few days leading up to the, the day where she said i can't take anymore she had been uh in some discomfort and pain and stuff on and off for for quite a while, and I think she got to the point where I don't know exactly what what exactly was all bothering her. Um, that, you know, I found out later on that she was severely dehydrated and some other things that was going on with her body. So, whatever it was, if she would have held out the twelve days, there is a chance she could have gotten better and she would have continued on. But there's also a chance she may not have gotten better and she would have still eventually needed to have medical things. So, when it comes to something like that. You know, I'll give them maybe the benefit of the doubt that maybe they really were in really bad shape. Because let's be honest, Chris, me and you have been really, really sick before where you yeah. don't even want to go to work, let alone be hanging out on an Access island with rain doctors, falling. doctors, and I still think I'm going to die, whereas these people are on a deserted, well, not deserted, deserted, but on a island in the middle, in the middle of the elements. Nowhere. Yeah, I mean, rain falling on your head, you're cold, you're tired, and now you're in pain and you feel like, you know, you're going to throw up every few minutes. I mean, I can, you know, we all could get upset about people who's quitting and who doesn't quit, but I can say I could I could see how that could almost happen to just about anybody. Everybody has their breaking point. Right. Now, I have a couple of questions. One, mm-hmm. um, are is the survivor community less harsh on people that like went last the one season where the one gentleman burned his hands really bad or, you know, like say they got a hernia or something and they had to leave oh. the game? That's the ones that legitimately left for a medical reason where they said your life's in danger. You got to go. Those people, you mean Mm. the ones? No, we they're like a badge of they're like heroes to us. Like, man, he burnt his hands for us. (laughs) Yeah, they're no, we don't. uh, None of us. if, If you first of all, they can't help it because most of those people like even I remember scooping when he burnt his hands. They had to basically some dude. You gotta 
we got to get you out of here. You can't stay in the game. And he was just heartbroken, heartbroken. Uh, the, and then also the other guy that's on this season, Penner, I mean, he <laughs> cried like a baby because they told him, I'm sorry, you can't stay in the game. We have to pull you out. He was going to take a chance and risk getting infected in his leg and maybe pick up a very ba- dangerous virus just to stay in the game. So those people to us, we say salute them because, hey, you stuck in there. You were not willing to leave until they said you have to go because we don't want to have some big loss in our hands. So those people are not looked down upon. It's the ones that said, I'm tired and cold and I want to go home. And we've actually had those on the show. They just literally quit because they just couldn't handle the elements anymore and wanted to go home. Those people we hate because people like myself who's applied many times and have not gone on the show or even had a shot at going on the show looks at those people and says, how dare them go on the show if they can't handle it? So it's, yeah, it's one of those things. Would, um, one thing I had been meaning to ask you and I, I forgot, do they get any kind of like survival training before they get there Mm-mm. that's like, Mm-mm. listen, these plants are poisonous. Do not cook with them. These, you know, avoid oh, this. Oh, I see what you're saying. That kind uh, of stuff. They do get some warnings on whatever they're shooting at, yes, uh, before they go to the show. They do explain to them certain things. Like, I know that when they got to the Philippines, one of the big things they warned them about was the cobras. Uh, cobras are very high in that particular area where they're at, and they're very, very dangerous. You do not want to get by one. one. Um, so, yeah, they are – I think they're given a list of some certain things that they know – that hey, it might be a good idea to warn them about, but that's mm-hmm. essentially about it. You know, nobody's actually getting real training. Nobody's showing them how to make fires. Uh, nobody shows you how to, you know, make a, 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 a shelter. You know, no, nobody gets any training. But they do get basically some pamphlets or literature about hey, watch out for this, this, and this, and this because it could okay. kill you. You know, so I do think they get those kind of updates from what I understand. But no, other than that, that's about it. They need to stress drinking water because everyone looks dehydrated you know they need to say listen i don't care if it wrecks your sun tanning time or your fishing time or whatever drink water boil as much as you possibly can and drink it yeah they don't show it on the show as much as they used to but that got brought up recently because with this young lady who went out with dehydration Mm. supposedly again that got brought up again, and and uh, I know that they said in their interviews is that they didn't show on the show, but we were boiling water like all the time, and people were always drinking water. So I know that they remind them the importance of drinking water. I think I think everyone knows that. So you would think I think but it's like, happening, but I think just everyone's yeah. body reacts differently to having a lower lower amount of water than maybe what you're used to. Because all their lips look cracked, and they just. Their skin looks dry, and it's like, are they drinking enough? What, well, one of the, yeah. Well, one of the things that people don't realize that either just watch the show occasionally, or don't don't you know get involved with a lot of the after stuff. But um, every single person almost that I've ever heard, <clears throat> they have at least been on the show for a decent amount of time. You know, like if you're out there all 39 days, uh, they all come back and say that it took them their body maybe as much as a year or more to recover from the elements that they suffered from in that month and a half time they all get some kind of parasites and oh. uh skin problems and it just it beats you up pretty bad i mean the only wow. people that don't have to really worry too much about that is people who were only on there for a few days or one week or whatever hmm. but the ones that have been there for quite a while they'll tell you 
it really takes a toll. So it, it the lack of water, the lack of right nutrition, uh, their feet get all messed up from all the moisture and then not getting the you know proper ventilation. All this. I mean, they they and the bites. Have you ever seen some of the people with the bites? They have more bites. I've seen pictures of them, like you know, late in, after they get off. They got bites all over their body. <laughs> I mean, they're literally covered in bites. So I think that's the problem is a lot of people are watching this show on TV on their couch and thinking, well, I could starve for a while. But they don't think about all the other stuff their body has to go through for those days that they're on there. It's intense. That part of it's intense. And uh, I think it's part of the things that makes it fascinating. It's more fascinating to me than a show like Big Brother, who is a very similar type show where it's pretty much a social game and, you know, who can outwit socially the other person to keep themselves in in the house long enough. But those people don't have they don't they don't have to deal with these elements like these people do and this and the severe challenges and all this stuff. It's much more downplayed on a show like Big Brother. This show is for this is a lot more intense. Yes. So I think that's what I've always enjoyed about that show better than similar shows. So how are you doing your fantasy survivor league? Still doing fine. I have Malcolm for the win. So if Malcolm does win, I'm in really good shape. Then I just have to be able to, towards the end of the game, pick uh, which order everyone uh, finishes in in oh, the top okay. five. That is the big key is you have to – the top five is uh, where we play this kind of thing where if you can choose the order correctly – the more you get correctly, especially at the top, one, two, and three, you know, whoever finished first, second, and third are worth a lot of points if you get those exactly right. So now, if I have Malcolm winning and then I had, let's say, Denise second and then so-and-so third, you know, and it and it, and it it comes out exactly that way, and I had Malcolm as my overall uh, winner from the beginning, uh, I would probably surely win the game then. Now, what – about Malcolm stood out and said, this guy is going to win it. Oh, really what you have to pay attention to when you're trying to decide who's going to win the game is their personality more than anything. Do they seem like they're likable, but without too being could be considered too much of a threat? And the danger with somebody like Malcolm is, is he does look like he could be big, a big threat physically-wise. So you do have to be cautious with that. Um, but other than that, you really have to pay attention to their personality, like listening to them talk and hear what they have to say about themselves and really pay attention to what they're saying and stuff like that. Because it's kind of like picking somebody when you first meet somebody, whether or not you're going to really like them or not. If you get the impression that, you know what, this is probably somebody I could probably hang around with and enjoy being with, that's someone you should consider could be the winner. So I can always pick the top I can always pick at least four or five people from a season that will have a good shot at winning, and usually one of those people win. Unfortunately, I just always pick the wrong person. (laughs) Out of the four you pick. Yeah, I always always pick the wrong one. (laughs) So most likely Malcolm won't win. (laughs) Poor guy. I probably jinxed him. (laughs) Well, I have to say, has this turned into a Survivor fan? No, but talking to you, you know, a survivor fan afterwards mm-hmm. has made me understand it more and okay. helped kind of the process of, you know, watching them like, okay, I, you know, like I remember something you said, or, you know, maybe you mentioned something in the past. And, you know, so I definitely think if people are not fans of 
this goes for pretty much any show, really, mm-hmm. but especially reality shows. If you have a friend that's like, because I, I used to work with a girl that watched Big Brother religiously and would always get the feed and could tell you everything about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if I sat down with her and talked about Big Brother, it may make me want to watch it some more. <laughs> right. Know, I know sort what you of mean. Thing. So I definitely think this has helped, What you know, watching it and talking to you about it. It's definitely got me more in into it, even though I'm not going to continue to watch it. Right. I, I do want to hear your updates in your fantasy league and, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Right. So I do want to know what happens at the end, but will I get to watch the end? No. I mean, yeah. you know. I know so. what you mean. Absolutely. I know what you, I know exactly what you mean. So I have to say when I I watched the first season, it was okay. And then the second season I tried and was like, this is like the first season. Uh, so <laughs> it's definitely a better experience than that. Oh, that's good. That's yes. good. But most importantly, you don't have to continue to watch it. <laughs> right. But, you know, I started getting into some of the characters. I think if you have – that more, if you like those kind of things more, I again I think you jump into those characters more, you you fall in right. love with a character, you really hate a character, you want to see voted off. I mean, I'm sure some of you watch just because you want this person to leave, and it's like, when is this person going to leave? Mm-hmm. When is this person going to kicked out? You know, and you're just <laughs> frustrated every episode they survive the next round. Right. Well, um, I guess the last thing I will ask you then is that. Uh, just knowing what you've seen right now, because you've seen about half the season, then mm-hmm. is there one person you think, boy, I sure hope that person wins? Uh, is there one person I hope wins? Just somebody you know, kind of stands out to you saying, I really like that person. I'd like to see him. Is it still? Because I think the first time I asked you, I think you were kind of leaning towards Scooping, if I remember right. Yes, I like him. You uh, still like him? I do, because I think he he knows enough from when he was on the last time and he knows what his mistakes were, I think. I mean, not just I put my hands in fire, but... Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. The, how to play it better. I think he's watched it more. He's learned more. But the 80s fan in me hopes that, you know, Blair wins it all <laughs> or something like that. So, You know, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm actually really right now, I'm looking at her as a really potentially at least finishing in a top three. Really? I've, I've enjoyed uh. her. She stages on, stays on the fringes. She doesn't playing, really get involved. She's playing a down low key game, and she, her motto is smart when it's like as long as it's not me, and she's just gonna go with the flow. I mean, yeah, I could see her uh, hanging on for a while, and uh, she doesn't have a big target on her back. I, you know what? I see her going much farther than I ever dreamed the first time I heard she was gonna be on the show. Right. So and- there you go. I mean, I've watched her during the challenges. She does all right. She hasn't, like, you know, cost them a game of anything. So that's always yeah. like, okay, she's valuable in that aspect. Right. And now that it's merged and it's every man for themselves, people like that who is not a huge target really gets downplayed now. They can really fly under the radar, shall we say, for a while. Mm-hmm. So they, she won't be a huge target at for quite a while is what I'm saying. So she's, she's safe for a while. I will be picking That's- her safe many times here uh, soon. <laughs> okay. So she's uh, definitely a safe player Good. for a while. Now, what do you think about Scoop there? So, I, I like. Oh, I've always been a fan of Scoop, and I, I really would like. I'd love to see him win. I just not convinced just that he has it. So. Will he get to the top three at least? You think? 
it just or is he just too big of a target? I really would be surprised if he makes it the top three. Okay. I think that it just seems like a lot of these people, after seeing what I saw last night, that everyone seems to be gun ho about getting rid of returning players. So I think they'll go after Penner first yeah. because Penner's a stronger player. And then eventually, yeah, I think they'll go after poor Scoopin. So I would be surprised if, if Michael makes it uh, more than maybe a couple more episodes, two or three I did more not episodes. like that other returning player. He was just Penner. too, yeah. He's a little more hardcore. You know what I'm he's saying? He's very wormy. Yeah, and he's kind of he's kind of more probably what you're going to have to be as a returning player. You have to really play he's hard. He's car salesman. Yeah, I mean he. Well, you know he's an actor, by the way. Oh, he's okay. done some acting as well. I can't, you know, for the life of me, I just just the other day heard of someone he was in that I've actually seen before, and now I, I can't think of it. But mm-hmm. he's done some acting and writing. I mean, he's actually in the Hollywood world. So okay. But uh, and he did, well. The big thing I always remember from him is he sounds like Alan Alan Alwyn. I mean, if if Alan Alwyn and himself were sitting next to each other and all they heard was their voices, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but he sounds just like mm-hmm. him. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm glad. To, uh, selfishly, I knew eventually I was going to make you watch the show, and so now you made it through it, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. I, I made it through it, and it wasn't as bad. It just it's just not a show that's going to grab me. But I have to say, I wouldn't like. Oh, how many episodes left do I have to watch this thing? You know, I wasn't thinking that. I was like, oh, time to watch another episode. Okay, you know, and you learn a little more of how the game's played, and you you kind of start to figure out a certain things about it. And so, you know, it goes on from there. So Very good. Well, I guess I should go ahead and finish out yes. uh, my opinions Child on the Castle. last two episodes of Castles. Oh, um, i got to give my final score. I'm going to give it three stars because three I stars. can see okay. the appeal. I, I, before I couldn't see the appeal. I was like, how can you people watch the same thing over and over? But now I get it. You know, I can see how you guys can become huge fans and watch 25 seasons of this thing and still be fans. Very good. Yes. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, uh, first, I guess I, the two episodes that I, uh, have not covered yet, um, was first the episode Murder He Wrote. Now, this is the one Chris, I uh, don't remember, but Castle and Beckett go on a romantic getaway in the Hamptons, which we find, uh, for myself, who's just watching the show, I really was shown the success that, obviously, Castle has had with Res yes. writing. He's extremely he uh, very well nice place. Arthur, <laughs> author, and yeah. a lot of his books have been turned into like TV movies, I think, and stuff like that. So this would be like the, the equivalent well. of dating a very handsome, good-looking uh, Stephen King, right? Yes, or Michael Crichton, or Michael something. Crichton. Very good. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so we get to see uh, he's obviously doing very well for himself. And what I thought was interesting about this is we're in season five seasons, yep. and I thought it was interesting how Beckett really was. She was kind of taken back and surprised when she sees the place. It's like it, that's, it seemed like it just was hitting her. Wow, this guy, he's really doing well for himself. I, uh, I is think this, why was this a big surprise to her? Has this not been shown first, to her before? Like in the pilot season, I mean, that they really just made fun of him. You know, he's like, oh, he's just this privileged, uh, you know, rich guy. Mm-hmm. He thinks this is going to be fun and games. This, you know, he's not going to take it seriously. He's just, he can, he's, you know, plays poker with the mayor so he can do anything he wants. So I think he's been playing it down constantly so they, they, you know, get to know him or, you know, they can get close to him versus just teasing him relentlessly about being this rich guy and, you know, not, not, uh, you know, he has a, a fairly nice place. 
uh, you know, type of thing. So, mm-hmm. okay, I think that's kind of it. And also, I think the writers, kind of like The Simpsons, play with the amount of wealth he has. In some episodes, you know, he may be like, oh, I just got this new, you know, $10,000 watch. And another time he's like, who'd spend this much money on a car or something like that, you know. So I think they kind of, you know, shuffle the a bank account around a little on as far as how much he has. Okay, so I mean, yeah, because I, I mean, that's, it just kind of took me a little bit by surprise because I was thinking, wow, you know, don't you think she would kind of know by now? Say, hey, you know, that this guy is, uh, you know, obviously probably pretty wealthy. She just seemed kind of surprised, like, whoa, wow, also, Castle, this is this is quite a place you got here. Um, I haven't seen every single episode, okay. but a lot of them that I have seen, they don't really ask about his job. They don't really care, you know. They don't really ask about you know, what he does other than write these books, you know, that's pretty much all they know him for is writing these books. You mm-hmm. know, they don't ask him like, oh, you turn this into a deal. What kind of money did you get for this or that? Or, you know, so they don't really know how, you know, his whole, how his whole uh, business works, essentially. Okay. okay, that, yeah, and I, I see where you're coming from. So that was, that was a bit surprising at first for mm-hmm. a little bit for me, but um I just I just thought I would throw that out there. So yeah, I so say they they go on this real nice romantic uh, trip together in in his place, and then uh, lo and behold, um, they run into some issues because uh, this guy who's basically kind of falls into their his swimming pool and he winds up being dead, and this leads into them ha- kind of having this little side case because the two of them being oh, this... you know investigators, they have to of course figure out why this okay. guy just dropped dead, right? I love that it was the title was Murder He Wrote, and this was the exact plots of like Murder She Wrote episodes. I was Jessica would just be there, and (laughs) it just would happen. And it's a small town sheriff, and she would get involved. It did feel like a Murder She Wrote episode, exactly like a Murder She Wrote episode. (laughs) But I liked it. It was it was it was cute. It was it was a nice episode. I wasn't like blown away by everything, but I. I get where they were going with it, and I thought it was kind of nice. And you had a couple of big oh, things. The biggest thing that really happened, of course, is the cliffhanger in the story was is that the one star. I don't know if he's a one of one of their partners there. I still trying to get They're everybody. Detectives. One of the detectives there. I was still trying to get all these guys figured as far as their ranks or whatever. But one yeah. of them, of course, he he finds out about the right. two of them. This this episode leads to. At least some, you know, one of them knowing for sure that the two of them are on a relationship, and that was kind of the big climax of the story because there really wasn't much to the murder story. Oh. Uh, in fact, I wasn't even surprised to see who it was, and I don't want to spoil who the murderer was. I hate doing that in, in podcasts like this, just in case someone has not watched the episode yet of Murder He Wrote. Um, but from, uh, I wasn't surprised. Let's put it that. Yeah, way. and that episode. The whole, you know, that detective finding out their DM, like, oh, good, they're going to move this whole secret thing out of the way much quicker than I was thinking. So, but they didn't, though, did they? Right. Well, you know, one person finds sort out, of. and then hopefully that kind of dominoes into the others. So that episode, you know, I would, uh, you know, I probably gave it two and a half stars. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was okay. It um, entertained, but I didn't really see anything special about that one either. No, I didn't. And, um, I think the sad part for me was is that that led into the my, the last episode I watched, mm-hmm. which was this last one last night, probable cause. And I will say I was I was just I was like really disappointed. 
the reason why I was so disappointed is I thought to myself immediately, I, I'm like, are they trying to insult my intelligence? I mean, because yeah. here's the problem I have, and I don't know if they, so many shows do this. You have a mur, you have a show that's a a murder mystery type show where it's who done it, right? And in mm-hmm. every episode, right? And and that's great. That's what we go for this show for. That's what we like. We're watching because we we can't you know can't see how they solve the crime. You know who did it, who didn't, you know, and all that stuff. And then, um, and we just enjoy these characters and how they portray it and all that stuff. And then they get to an episode like this, where immediately you're led to think that hold on, wait for it, that the star of the show, Castle, is actually a murderer. Yeah. It's like, really? You're, you're going to do this to me? You're going to make me watch an episode where the whole episode, you're going to make me think that Castle is doing it, when in the very end it's not him, and it, and then you wind up being this, this other crazy psycho guy who, I guess, now this guy has some past. Is he supposed to be, it was, I guess we were supposed to, there's regular um, fans like yourself, did you know who this guy was? Um, I'm trying to I think. I mean, because it seemed like they were trying to sell the story, like that this right. is somebody who Castle was involved in busting this guy before or something or got him in trouble I think before. so, but again, this is season five, so if it happened in season two, I can't remember. Okay. But yeah, okay. I totally agree with the, oh no, this person did it. It's kind of like um those like sitcoms where it's like, you know, like this, the whole premise of the show is like Saved by the Bell is in their school and you know zach gets kicked out of school of course he's not going to get kicked out of school the whole premise is him (laughs) going to school i know i just i was just very disappointed that they were going to go there that you know i'm supposed to buy that the richard castle is really in trouble and he could be going to prison because he i just uh i mean i guess maybe the problem is chris that i've watched so much television in my lifetime for so long that sometimes certain things that probably shouldn't bother me does bother me, and it's like I just because you know you're right. If you want to take it to the extreme, sure. Every time you watch an episode of any show, and they make you think that the ba- that your favorite star is in danger of dying, but you know they're probably not going to die. Like there were certain there's certain characters in a show, even shows that you know people are not always safe because you never know if they might kill, consider killing someone. Mm-hmm. But there's still certain people you know probably are not going to die, and if they would die, it'd be on the very last episode. You know what I mean? Like when you right. watch Tony Soprano, when you watch Sopranos, you knew Tony Soprano was probably never going to die unless it was the very end. I mean, and this is kind of the the concept for any show. And it, but there was Let's, plenty of episodes yeah. where you were worried about him. And is that that? And I'm just using it as one show, but I mean, you know, what I'm talking about. Every yeah. show has that where they make you think your your favorite character is in danger when really they're not. But I guess right. in this story is is that since the whole show is about here's a murder, this happened, we don't know who it's going to be, here's a few suspects, okay, and then let you kind of like ponder your mind like who it could be. Is it the mother? Is it this? Is it the kid? Is it the ex boyfriend? You know, and yeah. and it all kind of the excitement. But this episode was so heavily like thinking for a, for good part of the episode that it's going to be, wow, it must be Richard Castle. It's got to be. He, he was buying the uh, jewelry with the, with the, with the uh, Traveler's checks and stuff. And you just, it's like the, you waste so much time. And then by the time when you get to the, the meat of the story, really who's involved, it's like, okay, great. Yeah. No, oh, surprise. It's somebody else. Okay. It's not it's the not person Castle. that's on the front of the, the show's named after. Yeah. So, 
I hated that I, this this is the one I was ending it on. But here's the good, really... here's the good news. It, it was it was there was good parts of the episode, but the hmm. good news is is that I definitely see the. the I definitely see what people like in the show. Uh, I do love the chemistry uh, between Kate and Richard. Yeah, uh, they have a great chemistry, and even with their situation they're at now, where they actually are seeing each other, it's still I can see that, and I can definitely see that that's a big part of why people watch the show because there's a million shows like this on television: the Who Done It, yeah. Mystery Murders. There's a million of them, right? So it's usually the there's reason always why people, been a million. There's always been a million of them, right? So you always. It always comes down to whether or not you're going to watch it is if you are uh, invested in and you enjoy the characters that are portraying all these stories. So if you like the chemistry between these two main characters, you're going to probably continue to watch Castle because it's uh, fascinating for you. And if you don't, then you're going to move on to another show. You know, right? Uh, like I like the I like the quirky weirdness of the guy who's playing in Elementary. I mean. There's yes. been other Sherlock Holmes story, but I kind of like what they're doing with this character, so it's enough to make me watch now, it, even though um, it's still a murder she wrote kind of thing. Have you seen the BBC series yet? Because I know you hadn't seen any. No, Chris. This oh, is t- high TV some. time for me right now. i got a lot of main shows I'm watching. It's streaming, but they are very long. They're like little mini movies. So. That is something I will probably watch in the off-season. Um, I you know, I'll mm-hmm. find some more time. Like, take for instance, Fringe is only a half season this season, so it's right. only getting twelve or thirteen episodes, whatever it is. So I, that show will end very shortly, and I'll have a little bit more time on that night. So maybe I'll pick a night where I can say, well, I know I've been watching Fringe, so maybe I can now watch something else. So that's probably where I would fit that into. Worst case scenario, I watch it over the summer next summer. But I am intrigued, and I know you and many other people have told me that it's really, really worth watching. So I will. Yes. I hope you stick around for at least the next episode of Castle because they're going to a sci-fi convention and I'm like, oh, the Firefly jokes they could make or, you know, just the the material they could pull from would be quite <laughs> fun. Yeah, I see the title's called The Final yeah. Final Frontier. So, okay, I, I, they got me. I, I'll do that. And, you know, Nathan is he's – such, he's such a big geek, and I think that's another oh, reason that- why people like myself love him. That is one thing. I've already seen a petition to get Nathan Fillion cast as Han Solo. You know, that would be great. Episode 7 is coming out. I'm like, I don't know. I like, um, oh, is it Jeremy Renner? Some, the guy who played Hawkeye in yeah, Avenger. Yeah, you could do that, sure. I liked him as, I would like him as a Han Solo. You know, I think the reason why Nathan wouldn't work is because too, he's too nice. Tied to those characters. Yeah, you need you need that. Um, I mean, so Han is a a cocky um, uh, smuggler kind of. You know, he's not a night. You know, he he has a lot of moments where he's got that smugness to him. And I don't know, I don't know if I could picture Nathan playing a real smuggy type character. Um, have you seen Doctor Horrible's sing along blog where he plays Captain Hammer? No, no, I. He's haven't. very arrogant and smuggy in that. Okay, well, maybe I should give him a chance and That's on Netflix check that out. Okay, I'll have to do that. But uh, Castle overall is a show. I definitely would give it at least uh, three stars uh, for sure. Uh, whether or not I will go back and watch it, it's hard to right. really say. I'm going to say probably not just because I it's, it's, it's not enough there to make me say, oh, I have to go back and watch every episode. But it's definitely one of those things, like you said last week, hey, this next episode sounds kind of intriguing. I'll, I'll check that out. And then, yeah. and then from here out, it might be one of those things where I say, eh, let me see what the next episode of Castle's about. Maybe I'll watch it. 
Um, I, so yeah, uh, but I, uh, it was it's it's a good sh- it's a decent show, and uh, I I do like I love the premise about the idea of a writer trying to help solve crimes because you know if it I just like that idea I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I have to say, for this season, I'm giving three stars. I have to say, it's very hit or miss for me on this season, mm-hmm. where other seasons have been way stronger. I mean, that happens with all of them. I mean, The I Office has those seasons where it's like, it doesn't matter which episode, I loved it. And then they have those other seasons where it's like, okay, I'll take the Halloween special, I'll take <laughs> this one and that one. You know, right. you, you handpick those. And so far, this season is definitely a handpick one, mm-hmm. where other seasons have been like, I don't care which one, just let me watch it, you know. Well, how are they doing the ratings, Chris? Does this show look uh, like it's going to continue a little bit longer? Yes, I know it'll, you know, it got a full season, season five. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been renewed yet. I don't know if, like, continuing shows get that information yet, if they've been picked up again. No, you're right. It, w- it would be towards the end of the season yeah. and whether or not. And it would have to take, usually that... If it starts taking major dips, then they start considering, thinking, okay, this show mm. should be over. And hopefully for those of people that have been watching it for all five, you know, now going into five seasons, will at least have a head start saying, okay, next season will be our last season. And then right. that way you'll get a, a close to maybe the story. Maybe Cass, Castle and Beckett get married and live happily ever after solving that's, crime somewhere that's else. That's always my favorite <laughs> scenario because so many – get married and then they still have more seasons like pam and jim should have got married in the final season them being married and now having two kids it kind of ruins it's like it. it's it's not working for me yeah yeah another thing too that killed me is is that jim did less and less anno- annoying um uh oh my god dwight and I, every episode i couldn't wait to see what he was going to do dwight and we got so much away from that i was like oh man this is yeah. bumming me out. Although, and, and a lot of it started with the whole thing with Pam and them. It's like, just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I know what you're saying, though. It can, it can, uh, getting married on something like that can kind of ruin the show a little bit in a way. Um, I will say this final season of Office, I don't know if you've been watching it, but, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, without Michael Scott, our favorite characters are Dwight and Jim. Stop trying to push everyone else onto us. I and agree. I think they've listened. And this is very Jim and Dwight season. This is a We've huge been season for them. Taping them, but I have not watched but maybe one episode. I think of All the <laughs> Office. I think we've watched maybe one. Um, maybe the maybe the the premiere. I just I can't remember if we watching more. But I have been taping them. So yeah, I will. I'm very glad to hear that they've made a heavily Jim and Dwight centric season. That's really good to hear. So. That's they good. said like they're going out they're giving fans what they want they're gonna you're gonna see the um you know documentary crew and you're gonna find out about that you're gonna see a lot of storylines are just kind of been shoved to the wayside get tied up and definitely you know more of the core characters are gonna be front and center versus mm-hmm. all these people they brought in over the years Okay, good. Well, that's good. I am really glad to hear that because we will eventually hear sit down and get caught up with that show. So that's good to hear. Glad to hear it. Well, I guess we should let everybody know about what <laughs> our decision for the next still episode. listening by this point. <laughs> if they're uh, still listening. This is the longest I think we've ever had for the uh, – We've reviewed five <laughs> episodes. Podcast. So. That's true. You got your money's worth if you stuck yeah. through the entire podcast at the hour and 19 minutes that we're at right now. <laughs> so, but but yeah, good t- stuff, yes. <laughs> our next double blind is going to be um, – 
So what is it called? Last Resort. Last Resort, yes. And uh, now I know you've already watched it. Yes, and I you kind of have some feelings for it. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch it. I don't want to know yet. I'm going to okay. watch it and see w- what they do because I don't, I don't know. I think this one's kind of been on the fence if it's going to get picked up. I've seen promos for other episodes, but mm-hmm. I'm not sh- – I don't think this one's killing it, you know, in the ratings. So I, I think it's teetering. I don't think it's killing it neither. So – I don't want to say too much because I want to ruin it for you. So we'll talk a little bit more about it next uh, next time we get together. And we're going back to uh, one-offs of our featured series because we we can't decide what TV shows to make. We'll we'll decide later on. But for now, we're going to be doing documentaries again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. We thought we'd do that for now, and while me and you kind of maybe come up with something else that uh, some other series we can. Make each yes. other watch, and I, I, I'm starting to come up with some idea. I got, I got one too that maybe, uh, maybe by the time we meet again, I'll have something ready for you. So we'll just have to put our heads yeah. together. Sounds good. All right. Oh, it's been a long one, but sorry, folks. We get busy. I discovered a colony of ants in my house. Um, had to get a locksmith come out. Buying a home. The the. When you first get married, while you're sitting at the wedding table, you know people come up to you and say, "Oh, do you feel married yet?" And you're like, <laughs> "No, this doesn't feel any different." But right. once you've signed on a dotted line, you feel like a homeowner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Changed. It, yes, yes. Getting married is is one thing, but when you uh, when the two of you decide to buy a house together, now that's a commitment. <laughs> yes, that is a huge responsibility. <laughs> it is. It is. It's always something there for a while, but you'll. It eventually, you guys will oh, yeah. settle in, and you'll get all that stuff taken care of. So, well, Jeremiah, I will see you next time. All right, my friend. You take care. <laughs>